Welcome to the Midlife Remix, where we talk all things women owning the power of lived experience and personal agency, breaking out of ageist stereotypes and tired old narratives. This is the place you can come to listen, share, learn, and own that through our stories, we are connected and ready to show ourselves, each other, and the world that we're still alive, thriving, and valuable. I'm your host, C. Renee Washington. I'm so glad you're here. It's your thing, girl. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. (laughs) Yes, I'm being silly today, y'all. This is the final episode of season one of the Midlife Remix podcast. And I am C. Renee Washington, your Midlife Maven. And today we are going in on the courage to do the damn thing. So that's why I'm being a little silly. It's the end of season one. (laughs) But before we dig into that, what do we do? We celebrate. We celebrate. Because I know from all the experience I've had in coaching women that many of you have a hard time focusing in on yourself and saying, yes, I did that and owning it and proclaiming it. So this part of the show is where we do that. I want you to pause for a moment and think of something that you can own that you did, not your children, not your significant other, not anybody else, you did the doggone thing. I am celebrating the end of season one and I'm celebrating that I did the damn thing. I pivoted the damn thing. I course corrected the damn thing. (laughs) So we're a different podcast in episode 12 than we were in episode one and that's okay so that's when i'm celebrating so the courage to do the damn thing i'm recording this on october 22nd 2021 and it popped up in facebook memories that on this day in 2017 i was on a stage in new york city doing a talk called I Am Courage. It was a speaking event, I Am Courage, that was put on because I had been in a group of women, a group of fantabulous women going through Gail Larson's transformational speaker training. And oh my gosh, that training was incredible on so many levels. But one of the ways it was incredible is that it it connected me to these other women who were from, you know, different parts of the country and even other countries. And we bonded and decided that we would do something with this training. You know, you go to trainings, you learn how to do these things and you're, you're all revved up and you go back and then Some of you may implement, sometimes we don't, sometimes we do, but we just happen to have an event organizer in the group. And when I say event organizer, I'm talking like 
this sister was organ. She she put on Super Bowl events. <laughs> so she was the shit. She lived in New York City. So she said, let's let's do a, a speaking event in New York City. We decided to call it I Am Courage. And what we had learned in that training was to tell our stories and to tell our stories in a way that was authentic, truthful, and engaging. And so, you know, people will say things, right? You know, let's do this, rah, rah, rah. Sometimes it happens, maybe it doesn't. Well, this happened, this happened. We put on that event, people came, I invited my sister to come, but I didn't, I mean, I told, I told my friends about it, but I didn't invite them to come. It was in New York City. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. A lot of my friends live here, but they live in other parts of the country too. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't ask them to come because what if I bombed? <laughs> what if the event was a bomb? So I just didn't want that pressure. Ha, let me tell you. My crew is the bomb, diggity. You know that saying, leap and the net will appear? They are my net. One of my sister's girlfriends came with her. And then six of my friends came from around the country to New York City to see our event, to witness our event, to witness me stepping out in courage that I was pumping myself up to have. And I can't even tell you just how incredible that day was for the reasons that I've stated already. And because you talk about scared. And, you know, we think about courage as something that we want to have before we do something. And I have learned from my own experience and from the experience of, you know, working with so many fabulous women is that we can't wait for courage to be in us. We have to start moving to generate the courage. And so a lot of times we are doing the scary thing scared. Okay. We are doing the scary thing, scared. And I was almost hyperventilating scared that day. Nobody could see that, but I could feel it. And I know I wasn't alone in that. You know, my, you know, my sister speakers, I'm sure they were all, we were all going through that, that trepidation of wanting it to be right, wanting it to be perfect, wanting it to be good, wanted, wanting it to, to be something that people actually could connect to and gain something from. And each of us got up on that stage and everybody in that room took away something from each of our stories that was powerful and life-altering. A while back, you know, if, if you know me, you know I, I love television. And there's a TV show, 911 Lone Star. 911 Lone Star has an episode where the 
911 dispatcher whose, whose name happens to be Grace, Black woman who is just fabulous. <laughs> I love her so much. I love that character so much. And there was a there was an episode, and let me just say that you know if anybody uh, has experienced domestic violence, then I'm going to say something, talk about that, that could, because that's what this this episode involved. And so I want to give you that warning that there was a scene in this episode where a woman called 911, pretending that she was calling in a pizza order. Her boyfriend had gotten out of prison recently and was holding her hostage. And so she called to order a pizza for them, but she actually called 911. And Grace, I, I'm sure there are some real life Graces who are 911 dispatchers, and she definitely portrays them well because she clicked right into that and they were talking in code about ordering this pizza while she was giving her information about where the police were how close they were well it was taking a little long to get this pizza ordered and so the boyfriend caught on and grabbed the phone well that did not throw grace the dispatcher he put the phone on speaker because he was threatening. He wanted, he wanted Grace to hear him threatening the girlfriend. And she remained calm. And she just was talking to him and telling him that, you know, he really didn't want to do it, harm this woman, what was going to happen if he did, the police were almost there and all of that. And then she said, because she knew that the woman could hear her. She said, my grandmother always says, that when God closes a door, he always opens a window. Sometimes you have to take the leap of faith. And as soon as she got leap of faith out of her mouth, that woman broke from that man and went to the balcony and jumped off the balcony. And when I tell you there was no hesitation, no, she didn't look around, she didn't, she didn't question anything. She did not pause. She hit that balcony and jumped. I had to roll that back a couple of times. It was, it was just amazing. And it was such a metaphor for life. Because yes, we know that there is a tremendous domestic violence problem in not just in the country that I'm in, in America, but in the world. So there is that. And I am not minimizing that in any shape, form or fashion. And it also was a metaphor for how we can allow ourselves to be held hostage by fear, these internal fears that we have. And so that scene has stuck with me. We may need to run and leap from real physical danger. And we may need to take a leap of faith to get out of our own way. To take that leap of faith away from all these internal things that are just keeping us stuck. 
in the coaching program that I do, I created this cheat sheet, I called it, on how to break your blocks, how to break through whatever is blocking you and keeping you stuck. And I'm going to go through them really quickly, but it's called Break Your Blocks. And I just list several blocks and you may have some different ones. And typically when I'm in with a group and I'll say, you know, find yourself in these blocks, you know, which of these blocks do you relate to? And, and you know, several people will say all of them. And, and that's not an exaggeration because they connect to each other. So there's limiting beliefs and that's those beliefs that um, just constrict and constrain you. Things that you've been told about maybe who you are because you're a woman, you're black because of the gender that you identify. There are just many different reasons why you may be feeling some limiting beliefs based on what you've been told about yourself. It could be your financial status in life. It could be many things that uh, people who don't have a college degree aren't able to be or do, or because I'm Black, I'm not going to be accepted in this particular arena. So it can be just many different things that we believe that need to be examined from a, is that really true perspective? Hey, Remixers, if you're loving the show, then share the joy by rating it and by sharing the subscribe link with your friends. And if you aren't a part of our private community, correct that now. Subscribe to the Midlife Remix podcast on your favorite platform, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Go to themidliferemix.life to join the email list and or Facebook community where we share resources and opportunities to interact with me, our guests, and our vibrant community. That link again is themidliferemix.life. Okay, back to the show. And then self-sabotage. Self-sabotage, which, you know, is basically you are getting in your own damn way, right? And we do that consciously and unconsciously. You have that big presentation and you know it's coming. You've known for over a month and you start preparing for it the night before. And so if it doesn't turn out well, uh, then, oh, well, if I had had more time, I should have given myself more time. Or even if it does turn out well, well, it could have been better. And you put yourself into all this stress, you know, this prep stress, because you waited until the last minute. So procrastination connects to that. That's a form of self-sabotage. And The Big Leap is a highly recommended book around self-sabotage, The Big Leap. And I'll put that in the, the show notes. Story Fondling. Story Fondling. One of my favorites. You want some cheese with that wine? W-H-I-N-E. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, that person who, because I know it's not you, <laughs> that person who 
not only do they repeat their story, that same sob story over and over and over, everybody who knows them can repeat it word for word too. So they massage that story of persecution over and over and over. That story finally. Shoulds and oughts, which, you know, I've been talking about shoulds and oughts in previous episodes of the podcast. So you can go back to listen to episodes six and seven to hear more about shoulds and oughts. And, you know, I also recommend the book, The Crossroads of Should and Must. But it's just these things that we have learned or we tell ourselves. And a lot of times we accept it as fact. You see, that's what I'm saying, you know, that these things can relate because that relates to limiting beliefs. Because I am a woman, I should prepare the meals in the home. And some of you are probably going like, what? But there are still some women that believe that. I recently was with my 87-year-old aunt who, uh, you know, said that she needed a new car and she wanted to talk to my husband about it because men know about buying cars. <laughs> so there, we have a lot of shoulds and oughts. And she even said when I, I was the one up there with her trying to help her that a man should be doing this. And so, yes, she's older, but I know some younger women who are not far from those same types of beliefs. And I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that these are things that we can believe that need to be examined. Is this really serving me to believe this? Is this really serving you to believe that? If it is, okay. But if it's not, let's break that down. And then there is OPP, other people's perceptions, that we allow ourselves to be stunted by what other people think about a thing, what other people think about you. And we allow that to get in our way. I was interviewed on a a podcast the other day and I shared the story about how I got married the first time was because my then boyfriend, long story short, moved in with me. You know, we decided that he would move in with me. Well, good Christian girl that I was, I could not live in sin. What would people think? What would my mother think or my aunt? Other people's perceptions. And so that's how we ended up getting married because I was concerned about what people would think about us living in sin. Thankfully, it was a good marriage for many, many years. And still, other people's perceptions can drive a lot of our behavior. Is that what we want? The next one up is externalizing. Externalizing is it's always somebody else's fault or something is in the way outside of our control. So there's some insurmountable barrier that we can't do anything about. That's externalizing. We are not taking personal accountability, personal agency for creating the change that we want or that we need. 
You know, it's a way to be delusional by throwing the accountability to something or someone outside of us. Perfectionism, I'm sure everybody out there knows what that is and can relate to it, uh, either because you are a perfectionist or you're like, hell no, just get it done. (laughs) And there is uh, the saying that I love, a quote that I love, done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. Now, that doesn't mean that you're, you know, rolling through life raggedy. It just means that you are making a conscious determination as to what really matters in this particular situation. And then let's do that. Analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis, that's when you get caught in research quicksand. And it's, you know, it can be another way to be a stealth procrastinator because you are doing things, you are researching, you are gathering information, (laughs) but you are staying stuck in that and not taking action because you're hiding behind the so-called need to keep researching and figuring things out. And then there's imposter syndrome imposter syndrome, where we do not feel worthy, we do not feel good enough to be in the room, let alone at the table. The other thing with imposter syndrome is that you may be faking it, and so you are in the room, and you are at the table, but you are so afraid that at any moment you're going to be found out. And so that contributes to your feeling like an imposter. If they only knew who I really was. That kind of shaking. And finally, fear. False evidence appearing real fear. So in my earlier example of the TV show where the woman was in real danger, had every reason to be afraid in that situation that she was in. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about this self-created fear, this false evidence appearing real. We are afraid of the thing that is not real. We are afraid of the thing that we don't even know because we haven't tried it or done it. We've just told ourselves in our heads what the end gonna be, and it's not gonna be in our favor. And so we are afraid. That's the kind of fear I'm talking about. And really every, all the other examples that I gave all connect to some version of that false evidence appearing real type of fear. And what I want you to do, me to do, all of us to do is to let those blocks go. Let those blocks go. And three ways that I recommend that you do that is one, clear your shit. Clear your shit. You can do that. You know, I've been talking about decluttering in a physical way, you know, cleaning up your your environment, you know, who you rolling with, who are you listening to, detoxing your mind, 
this is how you clear your shit because until you clear out, you're getting foggy information. When I left the house this morning, there was so much fog I could barely see. And it, you know, it struck me is that a lot of us are moving in fog. We are moving in fog because we have accumulated so much shit in our heads, in our spirits, in our physical spaces that we cannot see clearly until the fog breaks. And we have to be the ones to clear our own fog. So clear your shit. You can re-listen to these episodes of the Midlife Remix. That's one way to do it. What are you reading? What other podcasts are you listening to? Clarity is waiting on you. Clarity is just waiting for you to knock on the door, ring the bell, (laughs) drink it down. Number two, see yourself, see yourself. You know, I love, I love to tell clients, I want you to see yourself so you can be yourself. Once you clear the fog, once you clear out your shit, that's when you can really look in the mirror and see yourself, who you are right now. And to see yourself from that place of ownership, that you own it. That you see yourself from a place of loving acceptance that's devoid, devoid of complacency. And what I mean by that is, is that, yes, you look at yourself, you see yourself in all of your complexity because we are complex human beings. We are fallible, we have flaws, and you are able to see all of that and still say, and yes, woman, I love you. (laughs) I love you. The devoid of complacency piece is that, that doesn't mean that I'm just gonna sit on my healthy laurels. No, yes, I I still can love myself and want to do some tweaking, want to do some rewiring, remixing. That's okay. I love Robin Roberts' uh, quote, I'm grateful, but I'm not complacent. I'm grateful, but I'm not complacent. So yes, I am grateful for who I am today. And I look forward to who I am becoming. I embrace who I am becoming. So clear your shit, see yourself so you can be who you choose to be at this stage of life. Number three, build your net, build your net. Oh my gosh, when I was able to look out into that audience, when I was on that stage in New York and see 
people out there who love me, who support me, who encouraged me in real time, priceless, priceless. Who's your crew? Who are you running with? Who's got you? I hear women all the time say that they want to connect to other like-minded women or that they don't have the kind of friends that they want or they want some new friendships, some more expansive friendships. Friendship is not just something that drops down on you from the sky. It is work. Relationship is work. Building great relationships is work. And it's a two-way street. What are you giving? What are you giving to others? Are you limited in who you, you know, allow yourself to be in the company of? Are you keeping yourself contained in a small, tight little box world that no longer serves you, no longer uh, fits who you are now or who you want to become? Are you putting yourselves in spaces and opportunities that allows you to call into your life the types of relationships you want? So build that net so that when you leap, your peeps will catch you. We are not monoliths. I, I am highly independent. I don't wait on people to do things. And I'm grateful. And I am so grateful that I do have a community of people that I can connect to. So both things can be true. I, used to, I don't hear it so much anymore. But I used to hear probably because I've just kind of X those kind of people out of my life. But, um, you know, I, you know, I used to hear women say all the time, eh, I don't have a lot of women friends. You know, you really can't trust women. Like, what? What are you talking about? How ridiculous is that? What is that about for you? Who hurt you? Because in the world, I'm rocking in. I would give nothing for my girlfriends, nothing. So build your net. And the last one, number four, leap, leap, <laughs> take the leap. Don't wait on the courage to do that damn thing. <laughs> do it afraid and the courage will come. I promise you. So your leap may be a teeny tiny step. That's okay. Or you may leap off the building. Either way, move, move yourself. And the best way to do that is to free your mind because when you free your mind, your ass will follow. So I want to thank all of you who have listened to this first season. I'm excited about season two. We're going to have a lot of great guests coming on the Midlife Remix. In the meantime, the Midlife Remix is not only a podcast, it is also a community. And so get on the list for opportunities to join the community. And that's in the show notes, but it's also 
All you have to do is get the newsletter, the midlife remix dot life. The midlife remix dot life is how you get on the newsletter and how you keep up with all the exciting things that are going on in the midlife remix community. I just can't tell you enough uh, how excited I am about this community, the amazing women that are in it. We had a coaching salon this week that was off the chain. Yes, I was there as the coach and we all coached each other. And it's so interesting because everybody had something that was really weighing on them. And when they were in the coaching seat, the other women came weighed in with, you know, encouragement, advice, support. And I observed that we can so easily be there for other women. We can immediately click into, oh, it's okay. This is what you can do. Here's a resource for you. And we find that harder to do for ourselves, right? And this is why I know community is so important because community holds you up. Community holds you down in the best of ways. Community, collaboration, connection, so needed so needed, particularly in this time that we are in, when there is so much separation and division. So yes, clear your shit, see yourself, build your net, leap, take the leap, and do the damn thing that's been nudging at you, that's been weighing on you, that you have been craving Come on into that courage water. It's all right. Thank you for joining me, C. Renee Washington, on today's episode of the Midlife Remix. I hope you enjoyed it and most importantly, got some great takeaways that move you to take action. For the show notes and other helpful resources, visit themidliferemix.life. Remember to follow, rate, review, and share. And join me again next week for another episode of the Midlife Remix, your trusted coaching oasis in your journey towards freedom on your own terms. What will you do to get the life you want?